Blog Talk Radio. Can't figure out why when I try and run the intro. Doesn't work. But when Sean does it to perfection, what can I tell you? Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio and the return of backsportspage.com. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer. Hi, Sean. Hello? Hello? Um, he should be there. I don't know where exactly he is. Um, so I guess we'll start. Uh, so where is Sean? Where are you? Sean, I'm here. Okay. Oh, are you just, hi, were you going to start at any point? And now he's gone. Ah. <laughs> uh, so much, decent amount to talk about. Anything from um, the MMQB all-time draft to Kyrie, obviously, um, to to uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. To most importantly, my son's first birthday. Um, a year ago, this time, I think we were hosting the show. I went back to, I left Carly at the at the hospital. Went to uh, Sean's Sean's apartment. We drank some tequila, and we and I think he he put like five minutes of like Rocky mon, of the, from like Rock, Rocky Balboa montage on, if I remember correctly. Does that sound about right? Yeah, you are correct. Happy birthday to Jake, our favorite fan, our first fan, always first in our hearts. Well done. One year to go. First year of many birthdays yet to come, and uh, he now will hopefully gain his father's height and is a little bit better of a jump shot, and we've already given him the first basketball <laughs> net to practice on. Which is well appreciated, and I assume you and I will be playing on it well before he is, but that's okay. It's about three feet tall, so I think even your shooting percentage will be over 50%. I was about to say, it's the only, it's the only basket I can dunk on, so I'm totally on board with it. <laughs> so, so we do have... White men cannot jump. Let's put it that way. At least this white man. So we have the baseball trade deadline. We have Justin Spieth pretty much kicking the crap out of Jordan. everybody on Sunday. We have Jordan an interesting – All sides are the same. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, excuse me. Same, same first letter. Uh, we have O.J. Simpson being paroled last week. I mean, if there's anything more interesting to talk about. And then we have an interesting situation coming out of the track and field championships. So I'd like to start on that first. And I know we never talk track and field. So this is except in the Olympics. So this may be the first time that I have uttered the words track and field in almost four and a half years of the show when the Olympics were not on. But it's necessary because I'd like your take on this. So there is a ruling right now, a a proposed rule, that's coming out of the Court of Sport, which is the governing body of all amateur sports. And the ruling is that they want to actually dismiss all track and field records before – I believe it's 1979, or I'm sorry, uh, 2000. I believe it's 2000. 
So before the year 2000, any record that that was made, including Florence Griffith Joyner's records, there's a record in the 800 meters that was set in like 1973 that has not been broken yet, which is incredible. That's 40, 45 years, almost 45 years of a record not being broken. And what they want to do is toss out all those. And the rationale is because today we have more improved drug screening. And before that time, before the year 2000, there was no drug screening that only the records from 2000 to today should stand. And I think that's a bunch of malarkey. I think that's implying that any record before 2000 has been tainted with drugs. What, what's your take on this? I think it's a bunch of crap. It's, it, it is a bunch of crap. Um, I think it was 2005. I heard about this a couple of months ago. Um, and there, I mean, it seems it's so ridiculous. I don't really know where to begin. There, now, obviously, the amount of testing that had come in, and if people wanted to call in 760-283-0846, the amount of people that want to it, – it, sorry, it, it's mind-boggling to me. Ben Johnson, 1988, runs a 979 and is, and is immediately banned. There was some version of drug testing, even if it wasn't to the same capacity that it is today. To ban anything that Carl Lewis ever did or – that Jackie Joyner Kersey ever did. You can't group everyone together. There is an innocent until proven guilty, and obviously these people will never be proven guilty because it's after the fact. You can't asterisk it. You can't. You just can't. It's, it is fundamentally wrong to literally blame an entire to – to pretty much erase 100 years of records based on this. There's no criteria. There's no. It's just a generality. You can't erase based on a generality. That's insane. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Which sometimes hurts me to say. But uh, I mean, I completely you agree. I think it's a the, bunch of crap. Seth, you can make the claim in baseball with the same thing with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in that they were not proven guilty. So how can you write their records out? And, and baseball hasn't done that correct? That their records still stand. Right. The, the Hall of Fame is a different story, but let's remember the Hall of Fame is based on people voting. It's not an, it's a vote, not yeah, an it's a vote. objective it's not a... clause. It's, it's subjective. So uh, I read this this morning and I was actually flabbergasted that somebody thought that this was a good idea. I mean, it, it as you said, mind-boggling to the extreme for me where I was like, did, did somebody actually rationally think that this was okay? And obviously somebody did. I, I couldn't imagine who, but somebody obviously did, and boggles my mind. Okay, from one boggling mind to another, O.J. Simpson will be released on October 1st from prison. If you, if O.J. Simpson came to us, the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, because – He's obviously listening to the podcast while he's in prison. If he came to what else did he have to do? And said, Oh, really? Well, according to him, he has led a peaceful life that involves very little conflict. And he basically 
takes control of the softball league in the prison and settles disputes. That's what that's what his job is in prison is to settle disputes because he's never caused conflict in his life. But okay, now that the sarcasm is over, my question to you is: If O.J. Simpson came to sarcasm? Seth Kamins, is it Miss? Yeah, sarcasm, Mister Kamins. I have heard of your podcast. I have listened to your podcast. I very much would like to sit down with an interview for you with you, not that other guy, that other guy that pretty much told everybody that I was guilty of murder, but you, just you. And I'd like to sit down for a one-on-one interview with you. Do you take the interview? Do you not take the interview? What's your thoughts? Do I, are the questions dictated? Do I have to? You tell me what the rules are. You tell me what your, if you have, if you have conditions on this, what are they? If, if he places conditions on him, would you not do it? I, I'm asking you, he comes to you and I he says, a, I, would like to do, I would like to do an interview. You say, okay, I'd be happy, or I won't, but I'd be happy to do an interview provided, finish a sentence. Provided I have free reign of questions, provided it's live, um, we, but not for the right reasons. Because, unfortunately, I don't think I could ask too much about football at this point. I guess I could ask some, but we all know that, you know, any interview with O.J. Simpson is, predic- is not predicated on football, unfortunately, or the naked gun. Um, but, yeah, but I would do it simply because it would increase our ratings by 3,000-fold, I would assume. <laughs> and based upon that, yes, I would. But... Okay, so I, so you know, why lie? Allow, why does it have any? Why why does it have why, to be what? live? Why does it have to be live? Because I I think that would be the best way to do it to handle it. There's no editing. Okay. There's no preempt. There's nothing preempted. It's pure. So this way, in my mind, I can have my I can have everything set the way I want and let the conversation go as it is. I don't want there to be any thought process that something was tempted was tainted with or something was you know miss whatever there was fake there was something fake that happened with it this way it's a live interview live conversation and we go from there okay i i accept that i'm um i'm not the new york times or or sports illustrated or espn where you know, I already have my, you know, unfortunately, while we have thousands of people listening, we don't have millions. So for me, it would be more important that we would do it to build. Now, do I really, am I particularly interested in O.J. Simpson at this point? No. Um, I'm not. You know, because, I mean, I'm not, a lit- you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the right questions to ask in that regard. And unfortunately, Everything that's happened in the last 25 years surpasses his what happened at you, what he did at USC, and what he did with the Bills, same with you know his NFL exploits. And, and definitely don't forget about his exploits with the 49ers. Everybody forgets about those. It's like Johnny United, Johnny United's exploits with the Chargers. They're kind of forgettable. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so we have OJ Simpson coming out. Do you believe that 
look, there's going to be a, a, a rush for his interview, correct, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I, I have to believe after the O.J. Simpson lovely uh, miniseries that we have seen that you believe he's guilty as well. Yes? Of the murder? Yes. So do you think he'll ever admit it? No. All right. I was just wondering. No. Why would, why, why, why would he? I mean, not that I understand there's no well, jeopardy, there's no ramifications to it at this point, but correct. If he's been fighting it for 20, for 25 for, since 1994, I can't imagine he would suddenly say, "Yeah, after all this time, yeah, Johnny Johnny C just did a really good job good job of back of uh, defending me. I did it." Would you Would you interview well, him with the opportunity him. arose? Would you say so? It- I'd have a very hard time interviewing him. Um, I'd have a very hard time figuring out the right questions because um, look, you'd obviously want to ask the question, did you do it? I mean, that that's neither here nor there. But beyond that, what real interest is there? Beyond that one question, what else, Seth, what else would you ask her? Well, the, the problem is, if you think about it, look, we love sports history. And as a sports historian, to have a guy sure. who retired as number two running back of all time, there would be interest. But we can never call, and I'm getting a look of, uh, I can get a, I'm getting a look of exasperation from my better half as I say this. All right, Carly, please. Okay, we can't hear anything. Absolutely okay, nothing. That has nothing. Not Car- hearing anything. Okay. All right. Car- Carly is saying something about Jason Williams. He knows somebody. She knows somebody who had a signed jersey of Jason Williams. Okay. Okay. Hold on. So I'm bringing my wife in, which happens once every couple, from, yeah, a couple times a year. Carly, if we had the interview chance to interview OJ Simpson. You would do it. Why? Because, A, it increases your viewership. No, Sean, can you hear this or no? Barely. But the point isn't whether I would do it. The point that I'm having is, what on God's green earth, after the first question, would I ask him? What does my viewership, my viewership, my listenership, because nobody's viewing us, but my listenership, Let's assume I ask him the ill-fated question, did you do it? And he says the word no. What else (laughs) does my listenership really care about with regards to O.J. Simpson? Really? There's so many questions you could ask him, right? What? what? Give me one. How is prison? What is he he doing now? What is he looking to do? What are his hopes? What are his goals? (laughs) But this, no, that sounds like a college interview. Why does anybody – I guess my point is the man is 70 years old. I think his goal is basically to stay alive. That's number one. Number two, his goal is to avoid – yeah, his, his second goal is to avoid Ronald he Goldman's loved, father. No, he loves the press. 
And if I don't think he will. I get that. Anymore, Carly. I still think. But, but if even if he does. With you, solely on sort of talking about your athletic and your career success and looking back at it and what are sort of your moments and highlights, he would do it in a second. But I don't think. Absolutely. Could, don't think but but who cares? Interview again. No, but the point is, I don't don't have a problem asking that question. I really don't. My question is, who the hell cares? Who cares about his exploits anymore? O.J. Simpson is no. There are people people would love an interview. Like, anything O.J. creates press and buzz, right? You could do it. You could join it. The fact of the matter is, if you interviewed and you talked about his favorite ice cream flavor, that would be um, your your radio pass. Your your radio show would go. Is there is there an ice cream? Is there an ice cream flavored called Murder? Or Murder? It's got to be chocolate chip cookie though. It's got to be cookie. No, actually, it's no. I'm not going to say that. That's probably rude and off color. So I'm going to keep that to myself. But okay. I mean, look, I'd probably interview him. The problem, and I said that before. The problem is I don't see any questions that have legitimate newsworthy information. And but, and and but, but, given but that I, I think you're my interview may be five minutes long. Yeah, but see I dis I agree and I, I disagree with your premise, but I, I agree with the end result, but I disagree with your with your initial premise. To me, look, we would have if Franco Harris wanted to be on the show. Or if Jim sure. Brown wanted to be on the show. Or Jim Brown has a very colorful sure. you know, life outside. But if someone who did not have the last 25 years that O.J. had, yep. but was extraordinary, like a Gail Sayers or someone like that, wanted to be on the show, we, yep. we, right, we would do that in a second. No, I understand that, Carly, but I'm making yes. a point. We yes. would do that. So it's not – Yes. So that so it, it's a it's a sorry I've been watching my son crawl through our doggy door in our screen right now, um, so I I'm not sure the, the problem isn't his isn't that we don't care about a 70 year old athlete the problem is we don't care about a 70 year old athlete who spent the last 25 years dealing with what he's been dealing with that's the difference yes yes I agree with that no my purpose wasn't that he's 70 years old and I don't care about him. My purpose is when set my, my point was when Carly said, what are your life's goals and dreams? The man's 70 years oh, old. I think she How was many asking, goals I think she was, and dreams? I think she was kidding. My wife. How many goals and dreams is this man going to have? <laughs> so, okay. So we've established that we both interviewed OJ Simpson. We'd both ask him one question. We'd both be very curious to hear the response. And then we just have the rest of the interview to find out his favorite ice cream flavor. So, okay, I'm on board with that. I'm completely on board with that. Okay, so so moving on. Moving on. Jordan Spade, right? The man is a machine. He, he basically came back from a very slow playing first nine and totally crushed it on the back. And are, do you care, I guess is the best word. Like, we talk about tennis, and you ask me the same question. Do I care? 
And my response is probably no. And I ask you about women's tennis, and you go, I don't, uh, uh, maybe. And then you ask me, do I know anybody in women's tennis? And I said, no. So now we're into golf, right? Another sport, which is an individualistic sport, every man for himself, do you care at all? I care enough because Spieth is making this interesting. With three masters, with three majors, excuse me, under 25. I think the only two other people to do this were Nicholas and Woods. Um, and he's doing it in seemingly a very different kind of way. Uh, he was dominating, and then he actually blew the lead with, I think, a triple bogey or something. He was one, up, he was one behind Matt Kuchar and then eagle birdie birdie to win by three. I, from a day-to-day, from a week-to-week or day-to-day standpoint, I don't care about golf. But when you see someone dominating a sport like him and Dustin Johnson seem to be, it seems to be the two of them and then everyone else is a couple steps behind. It's not exactly Woods Nicholson, Woods Mickelson, excuse me, but it is interesting. Um, but is it a sport that I look forward every week to the John Deere Classic? Uh, I'll be honest, not really, no. Okay, that, that's fair. Uh, I think you actually have more interest in golf right now than I do. And uh, just because of that interest that you just outlined, I have absolutely no interest in watching. It's, it's nice to find the winner. I know that some of my friends play actually fantasy golf, so I'm interested in knowing who oh, God. wins for that reason. Yeah, it, it's gotten to that point. But here we are in the middle of, August, in the middle of July, and Seth's looking for something to hold his hat on. So here we are with golf. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the apex <laughs> of our summer in which Seth is looking for something, and he found it because no. Kyrie Irving decided, I don't want to play with the best player in the league anymore. I don't want to play on a, on a championship team anymore. I want to go be the top dog in some, league, in some team that has no shot at a championship instead of playing Robin to LeBron for one more year. So kudos to Kyrie because you have given (laughs) Seth Kamen something to talk about in the middle of July. So bravo, Kyrie. And Seth, you and I discussed this offline a little bit on Sunday, and I have to tell you, more and more, I believe that what I said was true then. I don't think Kyrie has, an, has any problem with LeBron James. Well, not any, but I don't think this is the main thing. I think Kyrie Irving looks at that team and sees Kevin Love, who is an excellent player, at a, at a huge contract, but probably one that he's actually worked. He sees Tristan Thompson at a huge contract at $18 million a year, which Tristan Thompson is not worth. He sees J.R. Smith at $13 million. He sees all these big players. I'm in Shepard at $9 million. He sees a capped-out team with no draft picks and the, the thought of LeBron leaving after next year and him being in a situation where he – cannot demand a trade because his trade value would be next to nothing being in the last year of his contract where 
Now he's got two years, and he can get value back and cause a stink if he wants. He doesn't want to be the lone gunner on a rudderless ship. And I think that's exactly where he's looking at right now and saying, I could demand a trade now and get to a Phoenix or get to a Miami or get to a New York and get where I want to be. And if you're Cleveland, you're holding out for the monster deal, which I'm not exactly sure is ever going to be there. Well, there's a better shot with him getting the monster deal with two years left in the contract than George getting one or Butler getting one with one. Now, the one argument I have is Butler Butler had two years on the contract, by the way. Butler has two. I thought Butler had a year left. I thought Butler had a year also. Two years. Okay. Nope. Um, the, 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 the thing that I have heard, which, which is actually contrarian to this, is that apparently he was going to request a trade after last year and was talked out of it. Because, and so if that's true, then, then you can't do that. You can't request that three years in advance. That's just, that's just because LeBron no, I agree two with that. years. Uh, I, that is I agree true. with that. It, then, then, then the argument. Then I, I don't. Then I did, which I believe. Again, I think I forget who I heard it from, so I can't accredit it. But I, I know I read this. So if that's the truth, then then I just then it doesn't work. Then your premise is I agree. is wrong. He just he wants to be a gunner somewhere. Problem is, he is not suited to be the number one, as far as I can tell. He's a great scorer. That's what he is. Great passer? Not really. I mean, I don't think of him as a great passer. Great rebounder, great defensive player. I mean, no, he's a great scorer. Now, now, does that lead? Where does that leave him? I'm sorry. Well, let's What'd let's be fair. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is 25 years old, right? He, he, yeah. He's still he's still young, so he's still got room to grow. Yeah, but and for the last the, three years, but he's been in the NBA for six on. years. Right, but the last three years, Seth. He's been playing with a guy that, granted, he's been playing with the best player in the league. But can Kyrie Irving be Kyrie Irving with LeBron James there? And, I, I look, I get the point that when he was not playing with LeBron, he wasn't very good. I get that, too. But I, I think a little, lax has, a little bit of slack has to be cut to, to Kyrie Irving, and there may be room to grow here. I'm not saying a lot. But, look, if he can play palatable defense, let, let me ask you this. Could he be James Harden? No. Why not? He's not – size-wise, he's too small to be a James Harden. From a scoring standpoint – Allen Iverson? To be honest, I never saw – probably a better comparison – Without a without the okay, well, better better shooter, not as good a score overall scorer, but he wasn't the leader. He's not the leader that a that a, that, a, that an Iverson was. He didn't instill. No, I mean he's a my, my quiet, point, introspective my, as far as I can tell. Twenty five yep. year old guy who believes the world is flat. What can okay. I tell you on that one? So but anyway, so so to be fair, so Allen Iverson led the league in score, right? Yes, And where I was going with this James Harden analogy is James Harden left Oklahoma City 
at, I believe, 23 years old and went to Houston where he blossomed away from everybody else. And now players are coming to come play with him. And nobody has ever accused James Harden of even knowing the defensive playbook, let alone being able to play it. <laughs> he, is, he is a human turnstile as far as defense is concerned. And James Harden learned to average close to nine assists a game last year. Now, granted, he had the ball in his hands all the time, but nine assists. So I'm equating the two in the respect that could Kyrie Irving become a James Harden on a team that is in his own? And I think he can. The guy you feel bad for, and I never thought I'd ever say this, is Kevin Love. Because at the end of next year, Kevin Love may be in the exact same situation he left in Minnesota. While Minnesota may be in the exact situation that Cleveland's currently in. With with an enormous amount of talent. Exactly. Um, It's just like, wow. The difference is is this, though. Whoever Kyrie gets traded for – there's going, you're going to get something back, um, sure. whether it's Phoenix for Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson, whether it's – I don't think the Knicks have anything to offer because the Knicks aren't going to trade for Zingas, whether it's whoever. I think the bigger question – but then that also brings up one other question. Oh. If – oh, God. If – um. You know, one of the four teams that he chose, which makes absolutely no sense to me, is Minnesota. If you want to be the number one guy, how do you go to a team that this year has brought in an Olympian and Jimmy, but- and Jimmy Butler, a new point guard in Jeff Teague, you have Andrew Wiggins, you have Towns, you have Jamal Crawford who shoots the ball. You're not, that's not going to a team with a number one. So I don't understand what, what their thought process is. I forget. I think that was one team that was on his list. Miami was one. I think San Antonio may have been one. But San yep. Antonio doesn't play the kind of offense where you're going to have one guy dominate the ball. So I don't re- – and if he, even if he was, he would still be the number two behind Kawhi. So yeah, I'm but- not sure what the thought process is here. So, so let's go through the teams. Obviously, with the Knicks, he would be the number one ball handler. Yes? Because there is no – right yes. now, the Knicks don't have anybody to handle the ball. Okay. Miami, the likely trade would be for Drogic and some, some combination of Drogic and somebody else. Now, no, I don't think anyone's going to want Drogic. Yes. 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 Absolutely. As Drogic, Drogic, Justin Drogic Winslow, Winslow, and, and a, a first-round first pick. Eesh. Well, okay. Okay, so they, actually, he's the primary Miami ball. Trade any first-round. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Miami cannot trade any first-round first pick round prior pick. to 2023. Yep, Until 2023. I know that. That's why they're giving up. That's why they're giving up Winslow. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going through these scenarios, okay? So he's the primary ball handler there. 
Yes. If he goes to Miami and Drogic comes back, yes, we can establish that. Nobody else on that team handles the ball yeah. either. Because Dion Waiters, although I'd love to see a backcourt of Dion Waiters and Kyrie Irving, because that would just be 100 shots know, between the two might, of them. You might, you might as well just have three Dennis Rodmans in the front court because no one else would ever get a shot. That's right. Well, that's okay. Tom Whiteside can't shoot at all, so that helps. So, okay. So, we've established that. So, let's go to the other two. If he goes to San Antonio, which was recruiting Chris Paul, remember, right? They wanted Chris Paul. Would he or would he not be the primary ball handler? He would be, but what in God's name? Would San Antonio offer Cleveland? They don't well, want. we're not getting to there yet. No, no, we're not. We're not getting to what they offer. When you're, when you demand okay. the trade and you say these are my four teams, you're not. Trust me, from a fantasy league point of view, I'm. You have to look at what the other team does. If you're the player, you're not looking at the other team and saying, "What do I have to trade?" You're just saying, "I want to go there." So let's look at Minnesota, right? So Minnesota, if the trade were to happen, would have to give up probably Andrew Wiggins in the deal. Yes. So, so Jimmy Butler moves to the three. Teague and yep. Teague and and Kyrie are the one and the two, and Kyrie is dominating the ball because that's what would happen. Teague would probably play the off guard on most nights and come December 15th wouldn't be the least bit surprised if you saw Jack Teague in another trade because he's not eligible to be traded until December 15th. So as a free agent, no free agent signed during this off season during this summer are eligible to be traded until December 15th. So that's why you can't put Teague in a trade going back. So let's assume all that happens. Kyrie Irving in the four spots that we just put him in is the primary ball handler. Offense runs through him. Kawhi's not going to dominate that offense unless he, he has to assert himself, which he doesn't. So I get why he wanted all four for different reasons. New York for marketing, Miami for taxes, San Antonio for fit, and Minnesota because – Damn, I'd want to play on Minnesota, too, with all that talent. And Tom Thibodeau, who was his coach for USA Basketball. So I get it. Will he go to any of those? If I'm Dan Gilbert and I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'd say, hell no. Because those places don't give him the best shot at, at, at talent. You named it earlier. The best place for the Cavaliers to trade him to would be Phoenix. Hands down. I don't see any better trade coming back. Denver. Denver is not bad. Denver, too. Denver Uh, wouldn't be bad. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're Cleveland, you can get Wiggins. It's not terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, No. If he wants $150 million, I I, I, I would have trouble following that. Seth, he already got it. He signed the extension. Oh, God. Yep. Good Lord. He already got it. So, so, yeah, I mean, the other option is you just keep him. You got two more years. 
You keep him, you make a run at one more title this year. You know, we all assume LeBron is gone after this year. And then that's it. I mean, it's not what you want, but I don't see them trading him just for the sake of trading him. Is he going to hold out? He's got a contract. He's not going to hold out. So what do you what are you looking at? I mean, well, he doesn't have a heck of a lot of it, leverage. I mean, he can always hold out, but I mean, he I shouldn't say he can't. He can, but I don't think so. Well, remember, basketball contracts are guaranteed, right? Unlike football right. contracts. So all he has to basically do is show up. Look, you and I have talked about Carmelo Anthony, and that, or, or at least Carly's brother believes that Carmelo's going to show up, which we all do, and put on a stinker. And this has been known to be done before, where all-stars who don't get their way sulk, sit on the bench, do their thing, blah, 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 and they've demanded a trade. And Kyrie can do the exact same thing. And in basketball, it's a lot harder because you only have 14 guys, and Kyrie is a major talent. Look, I'm I'm not saying that Cleveland should do this, but I would put the odds of him being traded by the by the beginning of next year seventy five to eighty percent. Um, do you think that they would be less? Yes. No, I think you're in, I think you're in the ballpark. Just I don't know if you saw this. This happened about an hour ago, um, a couple hours ago. Nets traded for Allen Crabb. A year and a day after they after Portland matched the seventy four million dollar four year contract uh, for what Andrew did Nicholson. they give up? Andrew Nicholson. That's the whole trade. That's the whole trade. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's it's, th- inter- it's interesting. We we talk about and we've been very complimentary of Sean Marks over the last couple of months. This one I don't get. I get it in a basketball point of view because, look, from a, Nicholson from is a salary not, cap space. This is, this is a nightmare. Al, well, Nicholson was – I have to go look up Nicholson's contract because I believe – Three years, uh, 19, three years 19 million. And Crab is three more years, I believe, at seventeen or eighteen million. Yeah. So you're absorbing an extra ten million dollars a year for look, he's twenty five years old, if not if not twenty five. I don't know if I like this deal. I I would have wanted a sweetener in order to take on that contract. That that was one of the more unmovable contracts, so to speak, in the NBA. After it was re-signed. And I believe the last two years of that contract uh, need to be taken at $19 million a year. That was the poison pill that they actually, yeah. the Nets actually yeah. put in there. The Nets put in. Um, yeah, it is an interesting trade for the Nets. And, uh, sorry, hold on a second. Um Considering they wanted Crab a year ago with a 
uh, excuse me, with the four-year $75 million deal. Hold on. Guys, I have to get off for a minute. Hold on. Well, we actually have another another injury, I guess, and something that could certainly certainly uh, influence the Kyrie Irving trade is that Brandon Knight, the guy, the backup point guard for the Phoenix Suns, was has torn his ACL in his knee. That's the uh, anterior cruciate ligament, and will miss the entire season next year. So while we thought that there was nothing that Seth would like to talk about, we now have Alan Crabb, we have Kyrie Irving, and we have Brandon Knight. I'm looking at this lovely article by Adrian Wojnowski, which I can never pronounce his name, who's moved over from the vertical in Yahoo to ESPN. Portland will likely waive the remainder of Nicholson's contract and use the stretch provision to ease the luxury tax on the cap because Portland was over the cap. Brooklyn signed Crab to a four-year, $75 million offer just a year ago. Portland now has a $12.9 million trade exception, which means that they can take in $12.9 million more after one year, uh, up to one year. So you can trade a second-round pick Sorry about for that. that's making $12.9 million. We're, we're talking about the Crab deal but also Brandon Knight tore his ACL today. So Phoenix, I, I don't even know where that goes, but Alan Crabb waived the trade kicker, another guy that's waving a yes. trade kicker. So right now the backcourt for the Nets is D'Angelo Russell, Jeremy Lin, and Alan Crabb. And, you know, that's not a bad backcourt. Like I said, basketball-wise, this is a great deal. But salary-wise, yeah, it's – not, 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 not oh, really sure. Is, and the team is is getting more and more interesting. Um, with Damari Carroll coming in as your three, and in Karis Car- Levert, who was very good last year, and and Jefferson, you know, you really got some pretty good players at the one, two, three. You know, kind of sort of the center position. Nobody really has a center in the NBA anymore. Not exactly saying they're a playoff team, but they are a lot more interesting this year than they were last year from a basketball standpoint, and they still have salary cap room. Um, they just don't have as much, yeah. which come trade come trade deadline time could potentially have come in could potentially have been come in handy when someone's trying to when again come people are trying to get rid of or trying to dump salaries. Yeah, and and the best part about the Nets and what they're doing, and we have made this assertion last time, is the Nets need to win. So no matter how bad they are, no matter how much salary they're taking on, they need to win. They don't own their first-round pick. So dumping doesn't really help them. They need to win. So this is definitely from a basketball point of view. Like I said before, basketball sense, this makes all the sense in the world. Salary cap, well, we'll talk about that two, three years down the road when we host the seventh annual opening day for the Seth and John Sports <laughs> Radio Show. And Jake, and Jake will be guest hosting at age four. And hopefully, um, not, cho- hopefully not choking at that point. Sorry to be getting off. Right, Sorry sure. to get oh, off the uh, there you go. for a couple seconds. Now, here, yeah. we, we were talking about salaries before, and here's another interesting salary. Our main squeeze, look, 
Seth and Sean Sports Radio has a fantasy league team. It's called the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Fantasy League team. And we play in a league that is governed by His Holiness Nabate Isles. And, <laughs> and we have, for the last three years, made the finals behind the stellar duo, stellar Pittsburgh duo, of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. It's Bell and Brown and pray for rain. That's basically what we need to do. Or no. Bell and Brown and give us a touchdown. Uh, like a That's probably better. Like the 1947 Milwaukee Braves chant. So, yep. Be- Fair enough. Bell and Brown and give us a touchdown. That's what we need. So, this, so in the past couple of years, we have – lucked out in the fact that we have gotten backup, court, backup running backs that each time Le- Le'Veon Bell goes down, because he does, either through suspension or through injury, we have had D'Angelo Williams, we have had Chadrick West, we have had numerous backup running backs that have helped us through the, mal- the maladies, 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 that maladies. Um, have maladies, oh, the maladies. Know, that the have maladies. clogged the t- – no, the maladies, the maladies, no, it's the, that the maladies. Malaise is kind of the boredom. Maladies are animals. Yeah, the, yeah, the maladies that have plagued our team. Now we have a different question. Malady, maladies. Not an injury. Maladies. Not ma- maladies. Okay, it's, anyway. not, it's not a suspension. It's not an injury. It's a holdout. <laughs> are you kidding me? Not only... Has he been given the franchise tag at $12.1 million, which is so much more than the next quarter, next running back, which I believe is LaShawn McCoy at $8 million, which is so much more, which is so much more than the average salary of the next running back, which is DeMarco Murray. You're talking four extra million dollars. Le'Veon Bell, who we can concur is the best running back in, in, the, in the NFL and probably the best pass-catching back in the NFL as well, wants more money, and his rationale is pay me like you would a number one running back and a number two receiver. So he wants close to 16, 15 to $16 million. Seth. We have dealt with suspension. We have dealt with injury. <laughs> I'm not sure we could survive holdout. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he will hold out when it's all said and done. I think he will hold out until the end of training camp, and magically he will appear three or four days prior to, um, which doesn't exactly fill me with a great deal of um, confidence. confidence. But also, well, because a lot of people, other than Emmett, when Emmett Smith came back after a two-week holdout in 94, everyone else, everybody else seems to, there are always a lot of injuries that come out of because people are not in prime shape or with this or that. The difference is I think he's going to be extraordinarily motivated because he will become a free agent after this if a contract is not reached. And only based upon that will he come anywhere near 
based on a phenomenal year, will he come anywhere near the money that he wants? Not that I think he will get it. Agreed. But so I don't really see it as a negative for our perspective. For Pittsburgh's perspective, absolutely. From our perspective, not so much. Okay, so you don't think he'll get the money. You see, here's the thing. I do. I do. Absolutely. You think they're going to give him $16 million a year? There are teams out there that will have ridiculous amounts of cap room next year. One of them being my New York football Jets, who, of course, will sign him to a five-year, $75 million deal, and then he will tear every ligament in his knee. Because that will happen. That is true. By the way, we'll also give him – We'll also give him $50 million guaranteed up front. Just because nobody else will do it, we'll bid against ourselves, and why not? But You sound bitter. I, think I don't understand. I, I think he'll get it. That's the thing. So you have the Jets who have, six, I think it's 50 to $60 million. You have the Niners who have like 70 to $80 million in cap room after this year. You don't think that he'll get somewhere close to twelve to fourteen million dollars? No, I was actually talking about. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to offer Pittsburgh is going to offer it to him before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Oh, Pittsburgh won't by. offer it, but somebody's going to give it to him. Pittsburgh won't do yeah, it. Somebody. That's why they signed James Conner. Well, they drafted James Conner. That's what I meant. Drafted James Conner. Yeah, that's that's a built-in replacement for Le'Veon Bell. I think that's exactly what they're looking for. Now, will he replace Le'Veon Bell? Probably not. But I think the whole the whole thing about him being a number two receiver and a number one running back, I think, is a little misguided in the fact that there is so much more risk with a number one running back than there is a number two receiver. I'm with you, Jake. We're on the same plane here, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure mom would love for you to be a number two wide receiver. Jew, Jew, there are no there are no Jewish wide receivers in the NFL. Come on. Jake may be the first. Carly's already told me he's not playing professional football. Um, no. it's, okay. Apparently there were a bunch of deals that were made uh, when I when I married my wife. Um, I, I can't eat pork. Um, <laughs> I, my son is not allowed to play professional football. Is he allowed to play? He is allowed to play professional basketball, correct? Okay, professional basketball is another option. I'm not sure how high because basketball is a um, because basketball is a non-contact sport. I'm not going to argue the logic on either uh, uh, of your argument, <laughs> Mr. Palmer. No, actually, actually I remember. So, Seth, remember you had to fill out those uh, those permission slips when you played sports in in, in high school. Like your parents had to, to sign off on you playing athletics in high school. Yes. Okay. Yes, to both One of, of you. those. This is the hard part about hosting okay, a radio so, show and having a wife talk to you at the same time. So, so believe it or not. The one in Syosset High School that I could never understand was actually basketball was billed as a non-contact sport on that sheet. No joke. Non-contact. That's a bit, that's a bit weird. Because basketball is a non-contact sport. Ask Jason Williams about that, Carly. Trust me, he views it as a contact sport. 
Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so, so no, I agree so, with you, it, I, I, that a team. I just don't agree that it's going to be Pittsburgh. So I think Bell is no, going to be I, extremely motivated this year. Okay. Well, and hopefully Devontae Freeman will be motivated after he gets his new contract because that's going to come probably by the end of this week, and he will probably be our third guy. And if you caught the interview, there was a good Charlotte Observer column this morning. I think it was this morning. It might have been yesterday. About the firing of David Gittleman. And we talked about this last week in the fact of why the Charlotte Pan- uh, sorry, Carolina Panthers, who have been very successful, fired their general manager in the middle of the summer. And the rationale that was given over and over and over again was that he's a really nice guy. He brings donuts for everybody, blah, 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 blah. It it just seemed like a deja vu conversation that I once had with somebody where they said he was extremely gruff in in his delivery, and he could have toned it down a little bit and massaged his message. And I'm like, wow, this is very similar to what I've had conversations about. So, Thank you to the Charlotte Observer for pointing out my faults, as well as David Gettleman's. <laughs> I really do appreciate that. Now, to well be done fair, with Sean, that. There are a lot, Sean, there are a lot of people who can point out your faults. I would be more than happy <laughs> to put my wife on. I'm sure she could come up with a few. <laughs> you know, Carly, no, I love you, but that's a two-way you. street. That's a two-way street here. No. Car- Carly... No, Carly actually just asked if, if we were currently pointing out her fault. I said, absolutely not. I said, one thing is no, we would never do with the other. Yeah, we would never do that, Carly. Never. Never in a million yeah. years. Carly, you're allowed <laughs> to say his flaws. He's not allowed to say yours. Okay, anyway. There you go. Because, <laughs> because, because women and men have the same rules, as usual. So, anyway. Okay, yeah. so we got five that's minutes left. Other, that's a whole other podcast. After this lovely, uh, let, let me you tell you, I've touch been, on, I've been, we didn't touch too much about the baseball sorry, trade deadline. I was gonna, I was gonna hit on that yeah. very quickly in rapid fire. I don't think you're gonna see many big trades. I think you see Yadier Alonso traded from Oakland. I think Verlander's contract is just way too big to establish a trade there. I think that. Um, Oh, I can't remember the guys. Hugh Darvish stays in Texas. They want to re-sign him. I don't think they'll trade him. I don't think they'll get what they want, and that's the big deal there. And Verlander's, uh, again, Verlander's contract is just way too big. I think Miami keeps their guys, including Stanton and Yelich. The Mets, I think, do trade Addison Reed, who is their closer at this time. And... I don't think Kansas City or Pittsburgh make a deal at all. And that's very surprising because Kansas City has four free agents at the end of their year, big-time players like Hosmer and Moustakis and Escobar, and they have Kelvin Herrera, who would be very marketable. But when you're in Kansas City and you're in Pittsburgh and you have a shot, even if it's a small shot – I don't think they. I don't think they ditched that shot. I think you see McCutcheon and the Kansas City uh, Quartet staying 
staying in Kansas City. I don't think we see much trade deadline action. I agree with you on Kansas City. I think a team that makes runs so rarely, although they've been obviously so good the last few years, this is kind of probably their last shot at a serious run. They're going to make the best effort they can. The team that name you didn't come up with, you didn't bring up with Sonny Gray um, from Oakland, who is pitching well, but it's hard to determine from a day to day whether you know he can stay healthy or not. I'm you know as a Yankee fan, I don't want I don't really want to see them give up too much after building up the the, uh, building up their farm system so much. I'm a little reticent to see them get rid of it all. You know, they traded they traded some some prospects, no, except for Blake Rutherford, no one sensational for um, for Fra- for Todd Frazier and for David Robertson. I don't want to see them. Tra- I don't want to see them trading more for a guy who's been so injury prone. Well, I don't think that he will be traded. Um, I think that'll wait till the off season for him as well. Like I said, I don't think any of the three. Um, Real aces, Sonny Gray, Justin Verlander, or Hugh Darvish are traded after this year, and uh, until at least after this year. And I'd like to give you props for the word of the day being reticent, because we just keep building our vocabulary here on the Seth and Jones Sports Radio Show. So, yes. uh, well, my last point is between malaise and maladies. I did. You're the one that said malaise. I said maladies. Anyway, that being said, you pronounced so, it wrong. I did. Absolutely, I pronounced it wrong. Uh, look, pronunciation is not key here. So, happy birthday to, to Jake. Uh, Grandma, well done getting through that surgery. Hope you feel better uh, soon and are up and walking like any 92-year-old woman would be. And, uh, Seth, you're up for the last comment. Uh, two quick things. Number one, I didn't mention when we talked about the soccer transfers, I should have. Uh, Wayne Rooney going back to his hometown in Everton, his hometown team after 13 years. And Neymar being offered $225 million transfer fee to go to PSG. That's insane. Um, Also, for next week, we'll talk about the the Dallas waving a whitehead due to to an arrest, which I find somewhat hypocritical after he's been cleared. Uh, For Seth Kramer, this is Sean Palmer on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Have a good night, everybody. See ya.